This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Younger Sheldon, the womb edition. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to World of Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that hates tunes. <laughs> I'm Zach. And I'm Frank. And today we are here to talk about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, we are. Man, what a blast from the past. I haven't seen this movie in maybe 10 years. Yeah. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely more adult now watching it. Yeah. I, uh, a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that I was like, I remember this being a lot more kid friendly. <laughs> Boy, is it not in most aspects of yeah. it. But anyways, um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out in 1988, Robert, or er, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Uh, you have a couple of people in here, um, a couple of notable people. So you have Charles Flesher who voices Roger. You have Kathleen Turner who voices Jessica Rabbit. Um, I forgot too. There was like somebody who sings for her. Yeah, it's a different actress. Yeah, and it's super weird because it's like for some reason Kathleen Turner is like super well known, but most of the time they only note the singer as the voice actress. Yeah, which is odd to me. Uh, you have Jonah Cassidy who plays Dolores, Bob Hoskins who plays Eddie Valiant. Hell of a name. Your main villain in sorts, Christopher Lloyd. Good to see him in this. He plays Judge Doom. Uh, Stubby K, who plays Marvin Acme. You want to talk about what a name? Oh, yeah. (laughs) An actual birth name of Stubby? (laughs) Boy, probably got made fun of all year round. Uh, And then Alan Tilvern, who plays R.K. Maroon. And that's, like, the main cast. And if you don't know, for some reason, what Who Framed Roger Rabbit is... It is the story of a tune-hating detective who... Wow. Yeah, right? (laughs) A tune-hating detective is a cartoon rabbit's only hope to prove his innocence when he is accused of murder. That's that's the movie. (laughs) Are you okay? Are you having a stroke? (laughs) Probably. Who knows? (laughs) Finally, years of doing this have just gotten up to me. (laughs) So yeah, who framed Roger Rabbit, man? Um... Hell of a thing. I will say <clears throat> that I think that this is a perfect film. <laughs> really? Honestly, mm-hmm. I really, really believe that mm-hmm. it is. It is basically uh, Roman Polanski's Chinatown, mm-hmm. which I assume is why it's perfect because. They, that movie was perfect. That movie's basically perfect mm-hmm. as well, and they pretty much just took elements from Chinatown and then just kind of switched some things out mm-hmm. and made it uh, a little bit more kid friendly. Although it's really not. I mean, no. it, I remember watching it as a kid and then rewatching it this time around again. I'm just sitting there, kind of like what you were mentioning, and it's like this isn't really like I don't actually know who this movie is for because yeah. it's. It's got all of these classic animated cartoon characters that are tailored that, that to are, kids, right? That are tailored to kids and that are timeless. So, mm-hmm. like pr- even kids of this generation know who Mickey Mouse is and Bugs mm-hmm. Bunny and all of that. Uh, and so, like, there's that aspect of it. But then there's murder, there's yeah. sex, there's mm-hmm. violence, there's corruption there's a lot of cigarettes in this movie yeah and and it's just like why who is this movie actually for because mm-hmm. as a kid i do remember enjoying it but now sitting down and re-watching it 
I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't know if a kid would like this because there's a lot of just detective work mm-hmm. and backstory yeah. and character building. And like, yes, there are cartoons to kind of like break it up and have some fun. But yeah, it is essentially a detective movie. Yeah. Um, I, I remember too, because like, as I was watching this, like, it shows up on Disney Plus too. Well, because Touchstone is Disney. So that yeah. was something that I didn't realize because I remember we, we brought up um, we, we brought up Roger Rabbit at some point and yeah. I mentioned the point of like, I don't understand how they got all the rights to all of these yeah. characters. And I realized I didn't know that Touchstone is Disney. Mm-hmm. And I guess Touchstone was more of Disney when they had some things that wasn't exactly only meant for children. They were yeah. like, oh, we'll throw a different name on it. So if people do get upset, mm-hmm. they don't realize that it's us, <laughs> I <Yeah>. guess. So <laughs> a little scapegoat yeah, type yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. like Touchstone, I guess, was just kind of their version of, hey, we're going to make this movie. that. So we still have all the properties that, that Disney has, but we can swear a little bit or yeah. we can show somebody get shot in the back and then show their dead body. Yeah, because, man, that was <laughs> when I watched that, I was like, this is not for kids. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, they, they just killed a man right in front of us. <laughs> exactly. Um, I did read up too because it's like they had like some weird stipulation where it's like you know they could only show the same amount of characters for like each like disney and like warner brothers so it was like like warner brothers were like kind of like a bit of assholes about it they were like oh like you can only get like like our top three or no sorry disney was the one that was like you can only get like our top three like Mm -hmm. you only get like goofy mickey and uh daffy and that's it yeah or not Daffy, uh, Donald. Donald Duck. Um, and then Warner Brothers were like, "We'll give you like almost everybody." <laughs> <laughs> so they were they were kind of like, like Dumbo and yeah, like, like like all the classics. Yeah. And I was like, "That's really cool." Yeah. Um, I did read too that like originally this movie, like when they were doing like testing for it, um, it was brought only to like 18, 19 year olds, like kind of like teenagers, and like they hated it. Hmm. Um, and then Zemeckis was told like, Hey, like you got to like change some stuff around. And he was like, Nope. And then put it out for the audience anyways. <laughs> so and more uh, power it, to him. Cause Robert yeah. Zemeckis is kind. I mean, I don't, maybe not so much today, mm-hmm. but I mean, I mean, Zemeckis made so many iconic films. I mean, he made all the back to the futures, right? Yeah. And then this was kind of like in between the back to the futures, which makes sense. Um, Forrest Gump. Yeah, he he's got so passed away. Yeah, he's got so many films underneath his belt, and he he does like really groundbreaking techniques. And obviously, mm-hmm. this film is kind of a, a what a nightmare it was to make this film. It, I mean, <laughs> it looks like a nightmare, and then you look at be, like the behind the scenes of mm-hmm. of like what the things that they were doing and and how they went about animating. And I'm and I'm watching these guys. Like, just take these film cells and then mm-hmm. put color onto them. I mean, th- the fact of the matter is, like, th- it would have been so much easier to just have it. Wor- so, like, I remember as a child, mm-hmm. the only movie that I can think of that that made, that I can, like, kind of relate this to from my childhood was I was a really, really big fan of Mary Poppins. Yeah. Loved Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. And there is... The moment when Mary Poppins and um, I don't remember whatever the, Dick Van Dyke's character, yeah. the, the, the chimney sweeper, mm-hmm. they go into like the paintings or something, yes. or they jump and into then the you sidewalk. Have, like, the penguins dancing, yeah, the animated them. penguins and mm-hmm. and whatnot. 
And so, like, and that was done before this, mm-hmm. but it was never done to this degree. No. Where, like, the animated characters are, A, interacting with real-life objects, mm-hmm. and then, B, on top of that, like, I looked at it, I was really, really just in awe this time around of, like, the lighting. Oh, and yeah. And the shadow work. Mm-hmm. And... Like specifically the scene where uh where they kind of go into that speakeasy mm-hmm. area of the bar where there isn't anything and the fuck it, they hit like the light yes. and the light, and the light is, actually... is going is mm-hmm. flying back and forth and you can see Roger Rabbit sitting behind the bar and he's getting lighter and darker as the wind, as, as the lamp spins mm-hmm. and I'm just I I just couldn't um, believe that that <laughs> it was that detailed. Oh yeah, and I was just it completely in awe of of. I mean, it must have been a fucking nightmare. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like even stuff where it's like just Roger Rabbit like kissing Valiant, right? Like and like Valiant having to like scrunch up. Like it looks great, but it's like how do you do that? Yeah. And like I I read up on it. Like they they had to do like some nutso thing where it's like. Every single shot of film that they wanted, like, an animated character in, they had to put, like, a piece of paper over, draw that character, then transfer it over into film. Right. And then layer it on top so it looked like they were actually in there. Yeah. Not to mention, too, they also... I think, like, the only time that they didn't was, like, really for Jessica Rabbit because they didn't know exactly, like, how they wanted to draw her at first. Um... But, like, for the most part, like, any time that there's interaction between, like, animated and, like, uh, normal people, they have it where it's, like, there's somebody, like, just hunched over playing that character. So that way you kind of get, like, a feel for what's going on. Yeah. So it's, like, doing that on top of drawing it all must have been, like, the worst possible thing to do. Yeah. I I was watching. I watched, one like, a few behind-the-scenes things. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that really kind of blew my mind was the bar scene when Jessica Rabbit first gets introduced and she comes out singing. Yeah. And they they were talking about how they built the stage. (laughs) So they... that, Mm -hmm. That... that bar is actually like eight or nine feet off of the ground. Mm-hmm. And then they have like guys with fucking like sticks underneath mm-hmm. the thing running around with the, um, the, uh, the platter that the, that the penguins are, are, are yes. using. <laughs> so then those, so those platters are on sticks and there, and there's like tracks in between mm-hmm. the tables and stuff. So everybody can run around and, and whatnot. And then they would go back and then animate the fucking, uh, the penguins on after and holding those trays. And I, like that stuff is mind blowing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, and, and like on top of it, all of the animation is like hand drawn animation. Yeah. It's not what it's, we're used to today, where exactly. it's like CGI or anything like that. So everything is hand drawn, and that has a really distinct quality about it that yeah. that I think is one of the best looking cartoons. Like I, the way a hand drawn cartoon looks compared to what cartoons look like today are just there's just so much. It's just so much different now. Well, and it doesn't nearly have the character. That's why, like, I always preferred, like, hand-drawn stuff. Like, there was always that, like, thing of, like, you know, Pinocchio and, like, like all the old-school Disney stuff. And, like, how Warner Brothers looked, like, Looney Tunes and everything like that. Like, it just looked, like, so great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was time-consuming. Yeah, it looked kind of grainy. But, like, it always had, like, that feel to it. Yeah. That, like, you just can't get anymore. Much like how I... I talk about like old school like animes where it's like they have that same kind of design that always looks great to me. Yeah. Um, and it, honestly, too, like, you know, groundbreaking for its time because like, again, like it really pushed the envelope of um, having like that 
that animated slash like realistic feel to it yeah um and like you know after this like you had like stuff like cool world which was almost kind of like the same exact thing um and then the page master which came out which was like again mixing like um animation and like realism together but like it never had like that same exact feel that who framed roger rabbit no because who framed roger rabbit zemeckis filmed this movie like he would film any movie yeah it doesn't feel like they are working around the fact that there's animated characters and they need to do specific things i mean it's literally just these characters the, the, the cartoons really feel like they're there and they're and they're working actors yeah like they're just and, on and, set yeah yeah <laughs> and they're just filming this movie as they would make any other movie mm. instead of instead of just being like oh it would be so much easier to just have the the camera in one stationary position mm-hmm. and then my live action characters can move around within that you know field and then we'll animate around that it's like no we're just gonna have the camera be sweeping up and yep. down and around and whatever and they have to be in there it's just insane. Yeah. That's why, like, the f- the opening shot is so good, where it's like you have this old school style cartoon, yeah. and then the the fridge gets dropped on Roger Rabbit, and then it it seamlessly becomes a set. Yeah. Like, it's you no longer cut, a cut, and then, and then they pull out. And <laughs> it's like, I wanted set. stars. Yeah. We don't need birds here. <laughs> it's like, that's amazing. Like, to do that yeah. in the 80s? Like, yeah. how? <laughs> So I got to ask, like, is there anything that, like, you didn't like watching it? Like, that you, like, going around, like, we had to pick apart, like, something. Right, yeah. The only thing that I I did not enjoy, um, my least favorite portion of the film, and it's not a large portion, luckily, but I do, I don't know what it is about it. I just kind of find it a little grating, I guess, is when Eddie goes into Toontown, Mm -hmm. and then everything is fully animated, and Mm -hmm. he's kind of running around doing stuff. That aspect, like that little small portion, is just my least favorite part. Really? Because yeah. I actually really like. I don't that like portion that part of, of the movie. I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. I just think that it doesn't really do too much for the plot, mm-hmm. except for the reveal of um, Doctor uh, or Judge, Judge Doom. Judge Doom. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Doom's Doctor in Doom, this. Yeah. Judge Doom is like you know he's like oh I'm the killer and then he runs away. I don't know. That kind of felt a little like oh mm-hmm. very afterthoughty to me. Yeah. Um. But everything else, no, honestly, I don't. I love the the setup of of Eddie and mm-hmm. how serious he's taken. I watched this with my girlfriend, and when he goes to um when he goes to the bar and then he's leaving, mm-hmm. they're like, "What the hell is his problem?" And then the waitress says, "Yeah, you know, Toon killed his kill, brother. Kill, yeah, Toon killed his brother. Dropped a piano on him." Mm-hmm. And it's said with she was like, "They're taking it so seriously," <laughs> and I was like, "I know," and that's what makes it so funny because. That's what makes it work. Yeah, is that like every, I buy Eddie. Yeah, everything as a is so cop. sincere, and and like when one of my favorite shots in the whole film is when Eddie is uh, sitting at his desk, and then oh, they yeah, cut yeah. over to mm-hmm. his brother's side of the desk, and it's all covered, and in it's dust. all covered in dusk and cobwebs, and you can see like their entire life together, mm-hmm. and. And then it cuts back up, you know, like it pans back up after that last photo. And then it, and then it's a transition to the next day. And then he's, he's a, he's an alcoholic. Yeah. And then he's just passed out on his desk and then it's just right back to it. I'm like, it's perfect. That is mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's really you, good you learn, editing right and there. And you learn everything <clears throat> about the character. You learn that, you know, him and his brother started up a business together mm-hmm. being detectives that his brother got killed and that that is the reason as to why Eddie is because Eddie's pretty much a character who has lost his sense of humor. Yeah. He's lost his, his like will to laugh. And you know what? Like I buy it. Cause like 
most like when you watch a detective movie like most of the time they have like that kind of like witty humor about them where it's like they kind of like snap back at you yeah but like they're very very serious yeah so it's a cool contrast between like how over the top like roger rabbit and all the tunes are versus like eddie who's like straightforward serious like yeah. i'm gonna get the job done yeah and i and i have to give props to the actor because oh, yeah. bob is i don't know much of his work mm-hmm. um i know i've seen him before I, I know his face but i don't i i couldn't tell you like what he was in um but I, it's like perfect casting mm-hmm. because if you if you hire in my opinion i think if they hired a like a comedic actor yeah like a Jim Carrey type yeah, thing. Yeah, like exactly. Younger, like if like... this if this movie was made today, they I feel like they would have hired like a Jim Carrey or something, mm-hmm. and it just wouldn't ha- like he would have played it up yeah. so much. And that's not what Bob does. Bob mm-hmm. is very much a a a real actor mm-hmm. <laughs> who, who isn't a comedy actor, so he's playing it very very straight. And I think that that's what sells everything about this movie. Yeah, absolutely. I will say, I'm not the biggest fan in this film of like judge doom as the the antagonist um one because like i love christopher lloyd Mm -hmm. i think he has like such a presence like with everything where it's like he's searching for roger and my god man shoe murder that's that's rough like when he when he boils him in like the what was it called like the goo or something dip yes the dip (laughs) it's honestly so funny too because they they like they uh they explained the ingredients yes. of what dip is and it's like you could just make that I mean and, well is that and it's also just like it's pretty much just like nail polish remover <laughs> which is really funny and it actually makes sense yes. because of what they are they're painted characters well yeah and and you got to think too like most of the time they probably use like acrylic paint to like paint the characters mm-hmm. at the time so yeah like it makes sense yeah. to erase and that's them like why, that and again it's taken so seriously <laughs> yep but I mean like. Like, obviously, like, a little bit dated when it comes to when you see him where he is attuned with the red eyes. I see. I think it looks great. I'd, like, there were times where it's like he's, like, he was, like, jumping around and, yeah. like, the eyes are going nuts. Dude, and I just, loved like, it. I mean, I it's think Christopher it lo- Lloyd, so I think it's, like, it looks it's got to get a pass. But, man, like, it was a little dated at that point. Uh, I disagree. I think, My it looks, God, I think it looks great. The most mundane evil plan in existence, I think. I'm going to destroy Toontown to build a highway to add gas stations and drive-ups and, like, uh, like McDonald's and Burger Kings and, like, like coffee shops along the way. Yeah. Like, that's my plan. Yeah. And I'm like, fucking, like, you know, just... Well, because, again, the, the fight, it, it's... Just be on the town board, because then. Because it's about... Because this, this, uh, this movie is about, like, the railway system. Like, that is what it's about. And... Mm-hmm. And like the deconstruction of the railway system and 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 the freeway system coming in and like taking away jobs and stuff like that from these workers. So it it, it does it, again. It's 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 done with such sincerity and care that it, it really does make sense because I guess Chinatown, uh, Roman Polanski's Chinatown, is was actually supposed to be a trilogy. Oh, okay. And there is a sequel. Mm-hmm. And. I guess the third one was supposed to be about the deconstruction of the railway system and then uh and and then the freeway the freeway mm-hmm. coming coming in and I guess I don't remember the name of the uh in the in in Who Framed Roger Rabbit they the railway system gets replaced with that other it's like Greenleaf or something yes the whatever uh, whatever it was Cloverleaf, called Cloverleaf I think Clo- yeah whatever it was Cloverleaf 
I guess that was actually the name of the th- oh, of, shit, that was really? going to be in the trilogy of the Chinatown, uh, that, that third installment. Interesting. So, again... Who framed Roger Rabbit and Chinatown live there, in the same yeah, universe? There's like a, exactly. There's like <laughs> kind of a weird connection there. Um, and I don't know. I, I, to me, it works because of... of it, it, it just... I don't know. To me, it works. I, I think that they really they, they, they took a lot of care uh, into like this whole world building mm-hmm. and and the whole idea of like the railway system and the freeway system coming in and taking these people's jobs away from them and people getting laid off and yeah. and all that. And this guy is just like I can I can build this freeway system and then I am the sole owner of of. Uh, you know, I'm like the the one stockholder of mm-hmm. it, which doesn't actually make any sense, but no. it's, it's still funny because um, you still need investors and everything. Right, yeah. So like, you don't but actually like, own he's it. Like, all. I own, I own it all. And then on top of that, he would own all of the businesses that yes. then build onto this freeway, and it's just. It's actually pretty smart. Yes. Like, <laughs> and that's why I say like mundane because it's like it's just such a realistic goal <laughs> in this not realistic setting. <laughs> so it's like, again, like you have that like yin yang of this film that like works so well that I actually really enjoy of the tunes and like the realistic people. And like the tunes just want to like live and like do their own thing. And then like the people actually want to like build and like grow as a society so it's like you have like this whole constant yin and yang thing even down to the fact that like you have to go through a tunnel and then boom everything's tunish right yeah it's like the tunnel is literally the the platform to get from there to there yeah it's the yeah yeah (laughs) it is funny it is fun i mean like you said the railroad like system like for like themes for it like i mean i get like heavy like it's just this movie is about discrimination yeah. and like basically racial inequality because yeah, yeah. it's like the tunes are always looked down upon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a bunch of, man, I mean, I don't know. I f- there's so much to talk I know. about. We haven't even touched on Ra- Jessica Rabbit well, yet. No, we like, haven't even really talked about the plot yet. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, so the actual mystery portion of it, very good. Yeah. Like and a noir movie. It's Chinatown. <laughs> yeah, it's literally what Chinatown is. It's, it's a detective who gets hired to... Uh, take photos mm-hmm. of of a woman, you know, like basically cheating on her husband, and then after that, it unravels into this giant other thing. Yeah. So Chinatown's obviously I don't know if you've ever seen Chinatown, but Chinatown's kind of about water and like that that you know like the aspect of the water, like industry and and whatnot. This is um about the railway system. Mm-hmm. So there's that aspect of it too. But I mean, yeah, I mean it's literally a fucking Chinatown ripoff, but taken with these cartoon characters so you have eddie who is there's like this whole thing about a will yeah and and the will is like who who is basically going to have toontown because again that's why that's why christopher lloyd's character does work for me because he is trying to acquire the will toontown because he wants to destroy toontown so he can build this freeway over them yeah and uh, and then that that's what the whole movie's about, and it's like piecing together the, the missing thing. I mean, one of my favorite scenes in the whole film is the simple fact of Roger Rabbit running... When, when uh, Eddie and Roger run away together and they go to that theater. Mm-hmm. And A, I love the idea of that. Roger sitting down watching Goofy. Yes. And him talking about how of an excellent actor Goofy yeah, is. Yeah, that is really cool, where it's like, that's like his idol. Yeah. Where it's like, for us, like, we have, like, our own actors that we just, like, gush over. Right. It's just, again, everything is, everything is so well thought out. Mm-hmm. And and I love, I love that aspect of it. And then, of course, 
you know, he he's uh, they end up leaving and go th- that trailer plays for uh, Greenleaf or Cloverleaf or whatever it is, and then he goes, "That's the missing piece." I I understand, and there's that aha moment. I mean, the same thing when when he late when he's drinking out of his uh, Eddie's drinking yes, out of his cup. Yes, and then he sees that like, oh, there is ma- like the will. Yeah, in and his it magnifies pocket. on the mm-hmm. on the thing. It's just. I love it, man. There's the thing about this movie that, that they do really well, and I've mentioned this before in other films, is I love a good setup and payoff. Mm-hmm. And this movie does so much setup and payoff. Like the idea of throwing the um the black hole. Yes. It's so good. And like the hammer that like the shoots hammer out with the, the punching glove. glove. Mm-hmm. It's like these things are all established in in throughout the movie, and then everything comes full circle, and then everything gets used. That's that's how Eddie escapes yep. from getting crushed with the black hole. That's how he ends up de- defeating uh, Doom is with the with the hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's so much setup and payoff, and the same thing with his character. Yeah, because again, he's a guy who has kind of lost his his. Uh, his humor yeah and then and he at breaks the end, out the gun well that too right yeah when he breaks out the tune gun and mm-hmm. then the bullets are really yeah. funny too <laughs> uh, but when he has to when he has to make those like hyena guys laugh to death yes and he has to then perform mm-hmm. because you see at when, when when I was mentioning that desk shot of him and his brother you see that they have like clown noses so like when his brother was alive he clearly had him and his brother had like a great sense of humor yeah and so they he, loved working in Toontown they right. said and then he had to tap into that again to to defeat um those those uh, mafia the yeah the weasels thank you mm-hmm. uh it's there's just so much incredible setup and payoff. Yeah, it's literally a perfect fucking movie. <laughs> I also really enjoy the fact of like the the normal thing of noir films where it's like the side swerve where it's like you're led to believe something and then it completely goes in a different direction. Like like you don't trust Jessica Rabbit like ninety percent of the movie, mm-hmm. and then when you come to find out that like oh she really had like nothing to do with it. You're like, okay, then who really does have something to do with it? Right, yeah. Like, that was really cool. Like, it's it made Jessica Rabbit, like, less of, like, this, I don't want to say sex icon, but, like, a lot of people probably have, like, like a sexual fantasy with her. Yeah, I'm sure that this probably sprung some things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Some some teenage boys <laughs> definitely got some ideas from it. I mean, plus she, um, has, she has one of the most iconic lines in movie history. Oh, absolutely. Of, I'm not bad. I'm just, I'm just drawn, drawn that, that way. way. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's like the one line that everybody remembers from this film. Yeah. But again, too, like that, it added like another dimension where it's like, oh, okay, like she is a lot smarter than like just the looks. Like she is trying to like plan this whole thing out to get the will to showcase that like, hey, it isn't like like the tunes still own this place and that she actually does love roger rabbit right because i love that stuff too where it's like you know they played like all these back and forths with it where it's like um like when when eddie's at the bar and betty boop is standing next to him and like jessica rabbit comes on and like he's just like in awe of her and and betty boop says the line is like yeah she's really lucky to have roger yeah and it's like like it would usually it would be the other way around, <laughs> but then again too you have like the the great line too where it's like because Eddie has lost his humor, you have it where it's like he asks Jessica like what do you see in him and it's like he makes me laugh, right? Yeah. And it's like boom like yeah. that's literally it. Like, yeah. And in that scene again another one one thing that I completely forgot about but again it's kind of the 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 catalyst of of this entire film is the will. 
mm-hmm. is the setup of the Invisible Ink gag. Yep. Yeah. And that he wrote the will mm-hmm. in Invisible Ink, but it's not only Invisible Ink, it, it is then reappearing yes. Ink. It's it so shows fucking up, perfect. But at the same time, too, it does show that Eddie's a little dirty because he hasn't changed his shirt in, in three days. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, it's it really is I I think a basically a, an almost perfect film. I do give it nine Frank Sinatra swords out of ten because <laughs> that was great. Like to see him just pop yeah. up for no reason. It was it was so strange. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, uh, Fuck it. One other thing I just wanted to talk about re- really quickly was mm-hmm. uh, we I mean we spoke about it when we when we were like oh um you know I don't know who this movie is meant for yeah. As we've been talking about it, I'm th- I've been kind of processing at mm-hmm. the same time and. I guess there's kind of like a thing that happens, which I I guess may have been intentional when making the film mm-hmm. was when you're a child, you're watching it from the viewpoint of Roger Rabbit. Yeah. And I think that's why kids gravitate towards this movie. And, and that's why maybe we, we actually were able to uh, like stay with this film and not be not find ourselves being bored by it mm-hmm. because we are watching it from the the silliness and 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 the you know the, the, we're watching it from the cartoons aspect yeah and then as an adult you're kind of viewing it from Eddie's, Eddie's perspective. perspective which is kind of more cynical and, and like if we're gonna be completely honest Roger Rabbit's pretty fucking annoying oh yeah like I can't imagine an actual cartoon with him yeah it would just, like I probably wouldn't watch yeah it. <laughs> I don't think I would want that mm-hmm. I think it would be very very annoying. Uh, so watching it as an adult and then you being a little bit more cynical and kind of like, oh, I don't really, I hate the world a little bit more. (laughs) And then you're watching it from like the Eddie's perspective. It's okay that Roger's annoying because he's supposed to be annoying. Yeah. Like that's his character design. (laughs) Like that's who he is like on stage air quotes as an actor. So it's like. It makes sense. Yeah. And to kind of have it where it's like, obviously, he's kind of like a play off of like Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it just makes sense for it. It's interesting, too, because like, as you were saying that, I, I was thinking to myself and I was like, who is this movie made for? And I was like, this movie is like this weird niche kind of like setting where it's like, like for us, like the, the people that like are in like their mid to late 20s when this came out as kids it's like this is this movie is for us Mm. like this was a movie that like came out when we were kids and it was like very very like kid friendly but also had like these darker tones to it right and if you go back that's a that's a decent amount of like 90s cartoon stuff yeah and now that we're older like you can sit there and kind of like enjoy the fact of like oh there is like an actual storyline to this but you have the nostalgia of all the cartoon stuff. Yeah. So I think that's who this movie is actually for. Like, it took 20 years to be for somebody, <laughs> but it's for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of a product of, like, a bygone era. Like, the movie the movie is about a bygone era and it is, and is now a bygone era. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of weird because the movie's about the 40s. Mm-hmm. I mean, the baby, the baby, the actor, yes. the animated baby, like, hey, toots. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, he's literally like sexually harassing yeah, his, his, uh, his, like, whatever her, his, uh, what, I don't know what she is, but mm-hmm. he just, she Girlfriend, follows him around assistant, and does things, whatever, yeah, assistant, I guess. Uh, and like, it's making a commentary on that. Mm-hmm. And then now this movie, like, just from when it was made and the, 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 the way that, the way that they did all the animation, that is now a bygone era as well. So there's kind of like this weird, you 
meta thing happening mm-hmm. that it's talking about a bygone era and has now been now is a bygone yeah. movie especially too that like there is no hand-drawn cartoons anymore yeah like, I mean, it's all animated so right. it's like that in itself is no longer a thing right exactly so yeah man i think it's basically a perfect film i mm-hmm. think it's 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 a movie that has um it takes it's a it's a real actual classic noir film yeah that has cartoons in it that we all know mm-hmm. that is taken so seriously and also so silly yes and it it blends it so well it's together. a perfect it's a perfect movie mm-hmm. <laughs> i like who framed roger rabbit <laughs> Uh, Zach, you have a recommendation? I do. Um, I've talked shit up and down about it for a while now. Um, maybe not so much on the podcast, but like just in general. Um, so I've, I've recommended like wrestling stuff beforehand. Like I've recommended like AEW, I've recommended NXT. Um, it's been maybe like not since like 2008, 2010 have I actually enjoyed it. And I've just kind of like stuck around just to see like what goes on. But over the past like month and a half, WWE in itself, like Raw and SmackDown that they've been putting on has actually gotten like 10 times better. <laughs> and I'm actually enjoying that. And I think the only thing that like actually is correlation to it is the fact that John Cena left and became an actor. Yes. <laughs> He's no longer in it. Hey, he's doing okay, right? He's got like his little pompadour thing going. Um no, like uh I, I'm sure everybody kind of like in the world of wrestling knows like Vince McMahon retired. Oh okay. um, stepped down, I guess, because there were there were like originally there was like a lot of like sexual allegations against him. Oh. Which, you know, he uh he wasn't the best person. Mm-hmm. In like the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. So just three decades. <laughs> you know, like that happens, I guess. Um, but anyways, he decided to retire. And in the wake of it, Triple H took over. And when I recommended NXT like about a year ago back, that was when he was in control of it. Like he had all creative control. And it was the best wrestling product that was out at the time. Like... Like, you had storylines that actually made sense. You had storylines that meant something. You had actual wrestling of putting on performances that made people actually give a shit. And in the month and a half that Triple H has taken over, we've seen wrestlers that were fired for no reason come back. They're more prominent now. Like, they're pushed into roles that make sense. And you're actually getting, like, full-blown matches and storylines that make sense. It's no longer just like, oh, this would be funny. Oh, let's like pander to the children. Oh, let's give like the women like three minutes of time. Mm. Like it's actually giving people like decent amount of time to showcase themselves and give a story. And in a sense, the recommendation is for Triple H. But like WWE as of right now has like gone so go, go and watch WWE from, from three weeks from, ago yeah. <laughs> and then enjoy it from here on out <laughs> yeah okay all right cool uh so we'll just just completely erase the early 2000s and everything everything from like like 2010 to like three weeks ago we just erase <laughs> just, it yeah. all right cool um thanks for the recommendation zach we are going to be doing some of our favorite set designs mm-hmm. in films um 
movies that have incredible sets or sets that we really, really enjoy looking at while characters are acting in them. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing next. So look forward to that. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Now, Frank, that's all, folks.